Are you hearing it? Are you answering it? Are you getting after it? Hey, let's make sure we understand this. Jesus Christ is not interested in becoming your best friend. He's not interested in becoming your boyfriend. He's not interested in becoming your crutch. He's not interested in just becoming a kind of a systematic favored religion approach. Uh, Jesus Christ is not interested in being your magic genie or Santa Claus. Jesus Christ is interested in you wanting all of him. There's a grand difference. Big time difference. We've been talking about this in this series from the standpoint of uh, love God, love others. Why? Because that's what Christ said in Mark chapter 12. You could sum it all up in those two things. Love God. Love God full out with all my heart, all my strength, all my soul, all my mind, all my all. And we live in a blessed place. And yet in the blessing of the place here in America that we live, the gospel has become so lightweight. In fact, it's not really even the gospel that Christ has proclaimed oftentimes. Love God. And not as an addendum, not as if you want to, but the love others part is part of that together. And so we've been in this series designed purposely just to kind of hopefully shake us up a little bit, center our heads back, ask some questions, be pushed, maybe even be frustrated with some things. But that's okay. It's okay to get frustrated. It's okay to get pushed. It's okay to question. It's okay to ask because we're trying to get to a place that's beyond just the simple willy-nilly of our day. We're actually in the latter weeks of this series. We've got after today four more Sundays, and then we're going to start digging into the book of Philippians. And here at the end of this, we are at the within our walls part of it. We've talked about loving God. We've talked about loving the world. We've talked about loving the hurting. We've talked about loving the universal faith family. We've talked about loving our local church family. And that's where we're at. We're in within the walls. Love one another. Put another way here, kind of another illustration I've been using is we are on a vertical journey together. We are on this journey together, pursuing the high altitude kind of walk, pursuing after Christ, and it's done together. Now, the last few Sundays, we've been in 1 Peter chapter 4. That's kind of been our base camp here. And we've talked about a few things. One, uh, Loving one another is a God-commanded thing. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, you know what, I'd really appreciate it if you would. It's not a, hey, whenever you feel like it. No, loving one another is a God-commanded thing. One another within the walls here part. It also, we've seen in it, it's a present act of continuous thing. Okay? We've also seen in it that we're to do it with great earnestness. Remember the horse picture from last week if you were here? The word in First Peter chapter 4 in the Greek that's talking about it is a word that was used to describe a horse that's reaching out, full stretched out, full speed, going after the line. And that's associated with love one another like that. 
earnestly, fervently. This is what it should look like in here together. All men will you know my you know all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. I just question, is that our mindset? That's what I've been trying to bring to the table. Is that is that your mindset? Or do you see church as just something you go to? You know, there's lots of other places you can go. Or do you see church as that's the place where I just go to get some good teaching? Listen, there's all kinds of good teaching out there you can get better than what I can bring. That's where I get to meet my buds. Well, you can meet your buds at all kinds of different places. What's the deal? Why the local church? This is what I'm trying to help us to see, the actual biblical imperative and importance of the local church and God's people doing it together. It's so important. Love one another. God is so awesome when he commands something, he also tells us how to do it. We've taken a look so far at biblical hospitality. How do we love one another? Biblical hospitality. Remember the compound word is not talking about, hey, come on over and let's have tea or hey, let's just watch the game buddy to buddy. It's actually a compound word that's talking about uh, phileo, uh, brotherly, sisterly love to the stranger, to the one you don't know within the walls. That's what the focus is on. Love the faith family stranger as a friend. Secondly, how do we love one another? By serving one another. You're called to serve your faith family knowing that God has gifted you to do so. And my challenge is I think the 90% rule is serve where your faith family needs you first, then serve where your passions and gifting is really wired for. Talked about that last week. Love one another. Biblical hospitality, biblical serving one another, and today, biblical encouraging one another. Today's going to be a little bit different as you can already tell. Are you kind of like, whoa, this is kind of early for the sermon? Um, Yeah. We're going to take a little bit of time here and uh, cover over what is biblical encouragement. Let's define it. Let's see it. And then we're going to sing together and encourage one another more. And then we're going to come back. And how about this? How about we actually do it? There's a unique idea. So let's define it. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, let's just take a little bit here, spend some time in Hebrews chapter 10, kind of our base camp passage for today. No, the context in Hebrews is this. The writer of Hebrew, Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians. These are Jewish Christians that are experiencing persecution. That sounds like First Peter last week. Oh, that's interesting, a lot of persecution going on in those days. Uh, and that's the case. So he's writing to them. He's seeking to reassure them that Christianity is true and Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Because listen, when life gets hard and persecution takes place, it's like that's the time when you start asking, is this for real or is this just a, like a game that I grew up with my mom and dad and are just, we're all just on? Now that's the time you start asking the real meat questions of stuff. And that's what happens. So the writer of Hebrew, Hebrews is assuring them it's for real. Christ is the Messiah. Chapter 9 and 10, you can take a look there. And he's assuring them that Christ is the full and sufficient sacrifice for their sins. So let's pick up chapter 10. Let me start actually in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Now, for many of us right now, we're like, "Ah, what's he talking about here? Do you see the Jewish depth 
already in the verbiage. I mean, already he's talked about the holy place and about uh, the curtain. And he's talked about uh, the blood and the flesh. And he's talked about the priests over the house of God. He's writing to Jewish Christians. Uh, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. People in persecution need to remember that. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Is faithful. Verse 24. And let us consider how. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day draw near. Well, let's give six things about biblical encouragement. Number one, biblical encouragement is considered encouragement. Considered encouragement. See in verse 24, let us consider how. Uh, This word is talking about looking at something. But understand this, it's not talking about looking at something in a quick gaze. It's not like, look, okay, look, okay, look. Wow, look at that, you guys. Oh, wow, look at that. It's not talking about that. It's talking about like this. Hmm. 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 It's that kind of looking. It's contemplative looking. That's why in most of our versions, it used the words, let us consider. I'm sitting here and I'm looking over and I'm checking it out and I'm giving it deep thought. Biblical encouragement is considered encouragement. It's looking at, it's considering through, it's processing through. There's a depth of thought behind what's taking place. Biblical encouragement is considered encouragement. Second, biblical encouragement is ongoing encouragement. You see here, even in the text, this idea of let us keep on meeting together. Uh, I want for you just to hang a couple pages to the left. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. This just kind of fits with uh, 24, 25, but it gives it even a little bit more detail. It says, but exhort one another. By the way, the word exhort is the exact same Greek word as what we just read. Uh, encouragement, parakaleo, can be encouragement, it can be exhorting, it can be challenging, it can be, uh, you know, way to go, way to go, cheerleading, it can be a variety of things. Here it's using the word, English word, exhort. But exhort one another, how often? Every day. Considered encouragement every day. How often? Uh, the point of this is not to get legalistic and go, check, did that today. I woke up, hurry up, and got that done. And then I move on. This is the idea of ongoing, continuing encouragement. How often? Hmm. But Doug, that was easy for them because they were always hanging around each other back where they lived at. Uh, true, but let me just say this. We'll talk in a moment on this. We have more opportunities and ways to communicate than ever on the known planet. And by the way, don't think that everybody back in that agricultural day, like every evening, they all got around the campfire and had a powwow and sang kumbaya. 
That's not what happened every day. They had incredibly full and busy lives. Geographically, they lived right in the same community. But I'm telling you, they weren't hanging around the campfire every night together. But yet still the call for them was to be that. Oh, by the way, the context of Hebrews chapter 3 is this idea where you can read it on your own here this week. It's this idea of, listen, I'm concerned that because of our own hearts, he's speaking to believers, but because of our own hearts and the deceitfulness of sin, I'm concerned that you can turn away from first love. Therefore, encourage one another every day. Listen, you and I know this. And yet encouragement is one of the missing, important things of the day. Why? Because every day you and I are challenged to bag it. And that means every day you and I need to be challenged and encouraged to continue on with it. And if I were to take a survey, I would bet my bottom dollar In this room, 99% of the people in here are not feeling like they're getting too much encouragement. True? I remember back in business, and I even remember now here in ministry, I never have had anyone ever come into my office in business or in ministry that has ever said, Doug, I've got a problem. I've got way too much encouragement going on. Considered ongoing. Third, biblical encouragement is communicated encouragement. (laughs) Well, duh. Well, wait a second here, because it's the kind of thing to where I could consider things and ongoing, and I could I could constantly think in my head, man, do I appreciate you, and never say it. But here within the context of it, in fact, the Greek word parakaleo, even the latter part of it, para is come alongside idea. Kaleo is call out. That's what it means. It's basically the word is saying call out alongside. Coming alongside people. But it has this verbal calling out. Summoning it. Speaking. Inviting it. Appealing it. Calling it out. The point is it's words case we don't know what kind of words let me give you some suggestions spoken words card words post-it note words texted words emailed words phoned words twittered words i don't know youtube words words written on a cake words sung out loud words communicated from a cd from a dvd from a billboard Words communicated from a podium, words communicated from a mountaintop. The point is, it's words communicated that are ongoing, considered words. Fourth, biblical encouragement, this is the, this is the driving one, is God-truth encouragement. God-truth encouragement. Now, so far, most of you and I are, have been kind of already thinking about the kind of the cheerleading encouragement. Man, I love your hair today. Boy, I just appreciate the way you do that. That's part of it. That is absolutely part of it. But listen, friends, anybody can do that. An atheist can do that. Uh, just the context of even Hebrews 10 and Hebrews 3, and we'll see it a little bit later in First Thess 4. It's about giving biblical truth words. 
There's a grand difference. You see, the context in Hebrews 10 and the context in Hebrews 3 is this idea of, listen, I need to communicate to you Jewish Christians that are hurting in this time. I need to communicate to you some God-inspired truth, not some gobbledygook, humanistic, to-and-fro stuff, but God-truth. In fact, 1 Thess 4.18 says this, Paul says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Why does he say that? He's not saying just encourage one another in general. The context of it we'll go to in just a second is these believers bless their hearts. They didn't have the written scriptures like we have. And they were in a situation where they had heard that Jesus' return is just right around the corner. Remember last week with 1 Peter 4? And yet they were thinking that, boy, we translate everything in our own lifetime. Bless their hearts. They didn't have the full scriptures like we do now. We are so blessed. And so in that day, they literally think Jesus is coming back in my lifetime, back then. And part of what ends up happening is all of a sudden uh, other believers, family members who know Christ are dying. Well, what's going to happen to them? And so Paul writes their life situation, their life concerns at hand, and he encourages them with God words, God truth. It's not the, hey, you guys, all good dogs go to heaven. What's with that? So often I've mentioned before at funerals at times, people are like, man, I know they're in heaven. I'm just telling you, one of the questions I have in my head is based on what? How do you know that? How do you know that? It's with these words, these words. Consider Ephesians 4.15. It says, rather speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love does it like, hey, you want me to tell you some truth? I got some truth. You're ugly. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about the truth that I may be thinking in my head right at the moment. The fact of the matter is the context is, listen, there's bad God doctrine out there and you need to speak true biblical God doctrine in love. And that doesn't mean that we go out there and go, listen, the scripture says, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about speaking true God doctrine in love. We generally go one way or the other, each of us. Uh, But the point is, is that it's truth, God truth. Biblical encouragement is God truth encouragement. Fifth, biblical encouragement is moving encouragement. Moving encouragement. Yeah, it is the kind of thing that, man, wow, that touched me. That moved me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm talking about that. Uh, But here we're also talking about the scriptures here in Hebrews 10 says, uh, spur one another up. It's more like, giddy up! That's what it's talking about. You got the picture in your head earlier, the racehorse that was on the screen? Uh, what if the racehorse around the corner earlier is just getting tired and worn out? It's like, I'm bagging this whole thing. Why am I even in this race? Hey, the ongoing, communicated, considered truth, spoken, God truth, spoken to help move. Giddy up, horsey! 
What if they're just out in the pasture, just bagging it? Hey, come on. Sometimes it's not just giddy up, hang in there, keep at it, keep at it. You're doing well, you're doing well, you're doing well. But sometimes it's the kind of encouragement. It's like, listen, brother, listen, sister, you need to stop this and get in the race that you've been called to do. That is part of the word of parakaleo. Sometimes it's the exhorting challenge. You know, pick it up, girl, pick it up, guy. Giddy up. Okay. That's what we're talking about here. It is moving. It moves them. It is about the heart in American culture, this idea of the emotions, but it's also about the head. I'm bringing biblical truth to help you move ahead. Biblical encouragement is the ongoing giving of considered words that communicate God truth that moves, lastly, that moves faith family. It's faith family encouragement. Understand this is one another. It's in the house. Yeah, are we to be encouraged others outside of the house? Absolutely. But this is talking about in the house. Encouraging one another right here. Just quickly as I wrap up here this morning on this part, turn to the left of your Bibles, maybe 10, 15 pages or so, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I just want for us to see this. Take a couple minutes here. I want to read this and kind of see it. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I've already told you the context. Uh, believers in Christ and people around them are dying. And people here at this time, before they have the written New Testament, knowing all that's what's, what's what, here are wondering what's happening to their brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Paul is writing to them. Let me pick up chapter 4, verse 13. Paul is saying, uh, inspired by God writing this, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. I love that. Listen, it's not dead and gone. It's transferred. Those who are asleep. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. How encouraging would this be for these folks? For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. See that? Not touchy humanistic, horizontal, uh, to and fro humanistic thought. But this is from the Lord. That we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. How encouraging would that be? Giddy up! Keep at it. Oh, by the way, verse 18. Therefore, in other words, in light of what was just stated, encourage one another. By the way, the word here is parakaleo, but it's in an imperative form. That means he's giving a command. Therefore, you must encourage one another with what words? Those words. That's what Paul was calling them to. You can see this all through the scriptures. Paul tells the Thessalonians, I loved you so much, I was delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but my life as well. It's kind of the being curse. I love you, and I'm sharing scripture with you. Jesus restoring words to Peter after he denies him three times. Jesus says, Peter, dude, bud, feed my sheep. How encouraging was that for Peter? Sometimes it can be rebuking, correcting words like Nathan to David. David, 
You are that man. David then repents. Sometimes it can be Paul's big God words of the Philippians. I thank my God every time of remembrance you. Why? Because of what he is doing in and through you. That's meat encouragement. Jesus, continue it onwards. Vertical journey, keep at it. Pursue the well done, good and faithful servant. Now my question. Are you a person that is living God's call on you to be an encourager of one another? Are you? If yes, yeah, way to go. It's right around the corner. Keep at it. Getty up. If it's no, two words. First word of encouragement is this. Giddy up. Second word of encouragement is this. The reason I'm not going longer than this on this is because this summer in small groups, we've designed small groups this summer to be going through how to encourage one another with biblical truth. Not just way to go, I love your hair. Hey, nice clothes today. Hey, nice car. But we're going to be taking a look this summer. Six times small groups are going to be meeting, taking a look at how do I become a person who actually is someone who brings the word of God to encourage people and not just fluff stuff. If you're not in a small group, I want to encourage you to do that. The considered ongoing communication of biblical truth that moves my faith, family, brother and sister in Christ toward faithful living. Psalm 96. Starting verse 1, O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from how often? Day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Hey, I want for us just to take some time and ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. I just kind of personally have three areas here, and you're going to be a part of this as well. But just in these last 15 minutes here, I just first area, spiritual growth. I just want to ascribe to the Lord, glory do his name. I just want for you to know, we have been seeing a very special redeeming work going on in the last months. We've been seeing people come to Christ like not before here. Ascribe to the Lord. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to let you know, God's doing work. Seriously, I have not seen life changes going on. 
like are going on since the start of this church. Ascribe to the Lord. Right? I've also just want to note and kind of rejoice with you. God's been at a restoring work with people. Uh, There's been some uh, pretty cool stories happening um, just with people's lives. And we don't have time to go through all of them here this morning. We've just seen some recommitments to Christ. We've seen some marriages being coming back together. We've seen some individuals who just need to reorient or step their life up with Christ has just been taking place in a new way. I'm just so grateful for Jim Sprinkles up here has just been partnered with some and helping and just on an ongoing basis, just coming alongside and discipling, helping. I'm so grateful for a number of small group leaders and people in small groups are doing the same, life on life, side by side, together. I'm thrilled because I'm seeing more organic discipleship than personally I've ever seen in a church of this size. And I think we're getting it. I want to ascribe it to the Lord. Um, Just some out of the ordinary things. Post bookstore purchase. Uh, back here at the end of the year when we backed out of looking to purchase the bookstore, that would have been a perfect time for dissension and disunity. That would have been a perfect time to be able to go, what in the world is the leadership here doing? Do they have any idea? Well, maybe some of that's true. But I want to just let you know, Uh, Nick and I, the other day, we were just, Nick had brought this up. Uh, Just the fact of the ongoing unity, even in light of backing out and beginning to pursue some other opportunities that we are digging into right now. I just thank God for maintaining unity. Right? I think, uh, as I've kind of alluded to, God has been at work at helping us increasingly get church. In fact, uh, right before the service, Stu, sorry, Stu, going to put you on the spot. Stu just made mention to me, you know what? He didn't say this, but I'll put this in. I'm kind of a little bit irritated. I used to be able to park a long ways out all by myself. And now there's cars all out there. I love that. God's people are considering and and thinking beyond just the normal. Love that. Uh, Stu, you just got to park further out. I'll say God's been at work in our small groups. In fact, small group leaders, I'd ask some of the small group leaders, if, if you could, if you could just come, we got two mics down here, and just if we could get three, four of you um, down here, just go ahead and come on down because I'm going to have you on here, just, just to make mention of something, word of encouragement that you just want to give on how you've been seeing God doing a work amongst, uh, uh, amongst there. But I want to say just uh, from a senior pastoral perspective, there's been more consistent attendance in small groups here this spring than ever ever. There has been more getting it, I think, than ever. And uh, I'm just thrilled about that. So Rick, why don't, uh, what, what's something you've been as a small group facilitator, something you've been encouraged about? In fact, let's turn it around so you look to them, not to me. That'd be great. Way to step up in leadership, Nick. You are the man. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. 
just as a word of encouragement this week in our group, the chapter of the book that we're going through, it was how much is enough. And I read the first question 35 minutes later. One of the members of my group looked at me and said, are you going to say anything? (laughs) For 35 minutes, the dialogue between them was so encouraging that the life experience, the sharing of scripture, the laying themselves out there for one another to say, I have, a, I have an issue with this, or I'm struggling with that. And to just kind of grab onto each other and hold on to each other and to share with each other things. And just as the scripture came forward and the life experience was just, it just blessed my heart because you know what, when God's working, you can just sit there and watch him work. Praise the Lord. Um, I've just been really encouraged in our small group uh, how everybody is so kind of like what he was just saying. Everybody's so willing to share. And, you know, I don't think anybody's ever sitting there um, worried that they're going to say something dumb or, you know, sound sound unknowledgeable or whatever, um, that we're just able to open up and, and kind of just dialogue about things. And that's really encouraging. And um, I was going to say another thing that I'm encouraged about is the way that we encourage each other. <laughs> um, some of the girls, uh, we are tomorrow uh, having a little prayer meeting um, in our own homes at mm. 8.50. We were talking about, you know, how we struggle with keeping a consistent prayer life. And uh, and so to encourage each other, we and to find the time that we can all meet together, you know, with the little ones and kids is, is difficult. So we said, we're just going to have a prayer meeting, everybody, wherever you are, at 8.50 tomorrow, 10 minutes to pray, and just that we know we're, we're with each other praying. So I invite everybody, if you're free at 8.50 tomorrow morning, pray with us. <laughs> cool. Cool. Chad? Francoise and I have the privilege of um, leading and participating in a ladies' uh, small group where we are from all ages and stages of life, which is a great eclectic kind of mix, and we bring to the table, as um, was mentioned, life experiences, and I so appreciate, Francoise and I have said this more than once, that they have shared their highs and lows, their burdens and blessings, and um, it's just been humbling and amazing that these women are just so open and um, have built each other up, and they're just a ton of fun to be with, and I think uh, more than ever, this group has been so faithful. This is the first session I think that we have maybe 13 maybe on our roster and we consistently have an average of 12 (laughs) Um, it's amazing and it goes back to what um, Pastor Doug said about their faithfulness and it just feeds into every part of our small group Ron and Pam it has been simply amazing to discover the uh, how each one of us in in our small group have problems whether it be health, financial, family, whatever, each one of us have, have problems. Some of them more severe than others, but each one of them impact our lives. It has been especially encouraging to have had some folks in our group who have, who have experienced severe business and family um, episode in their lives. And we as a group have been able to hopefully encourage them, help them through this very, very trying time in their lives. Mm. 
And I think that's where encouragement comes right down to the road, the rubber in the road, if you will, to encourage folks. We are we have folks that are hurting out there and a phone call, an email, a visit, a card, whatever. That's what encouragement's all about, being there for them when they need it. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Colossians 1. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing as it also does among you. Praise God for what he's doing, right? Be encouraged. Second thing, um, spiritual growth shows healthy things grow. I just want to bring and just show you as I think uh, two interesting things related to numeric growth. Uh, Healthy things grow. I just want for you to consider this. Since last summer, our intendants, I just say, Praise God. So are you all about attendance? Not all about it, but I am absolutely about it. And why? Because in Acts, we see throughout Acts, the Bible gives numbers of how many people are coming to Christ, lives being changed, and the church growing. Nothing's wrong with it. And instead, praise God. I don't know where people are coming from. We do zero advertising. Life on life, side by side. Praise God. I'm just even going to relate that even to, I want for you to take a look at this is crazy. Look at our giving. Look at that. Since the beginning of the year, I just want to say something. I don't know what's going on, but I think small groups are, what's to be in studies is having an impact. I'm just grateful for what's going on, even from the financial side of things. Is it all about the finances? Oh, come on, of course not. But are finances a sign of the heart? No question about it. I don't know where that graph's going to go from here, but I'm going to let you know this. As we look forward to uh, moving towards facility, and hopefully here at some point we're going to be able to let you know more what's what. I just want to tell you, I don't know. Maybe that's God prepping it. I have literally wondered if God has not told us to hold before because we weren't ready yet. And I'm wondering if some of these things are showing that we're getting more ready. Praise God. Spiritual growth, numeric growth. Third thing here, ministry growth. I just want to make mention of a couple things here. Uh, Since the beginning of this year, actually the end of last year, we've, uh, as elders and pastors, have been praying and going through a process here and just taking a look at increasing leadership. And in your update, it has a little bit of information about that. But uh, one, we're looking to add uh, J.C. Anderson on as an elder here. Um, I'm just thrilled and uh, about that. We've gone through a process here and with that and looking to add J.C. on as an elder. And that's something when we first brought elders in, I had made mention that probably in a year, year and a half, we'd be looking to bring another elder on and God's good. God's good. The other is uh, looking to add three deacons, uh, Terry Livesey, Royce Cole, and Hans Stonehouse. 
I'll call this, uh, we'll call this a step one, adva- step one advancement process. Uh, we've just taken a look and uh, kind of come down to the place where right now we believe there's two key areas, kind of structure as a church we need to develop in. One is in the arena of benevolence, and the other is in the arena of beyond our walls in the local regional component of it. So what we've done is we've decided to take a step one move, and we've looked at these three guys, not only because of meeting the qualifications of a deacon, but also because of we just think in their gifting and their wiredness and their availability to serve in those particular areas at this time to help us get there. So what we're having is Terry and Royce are going to be working and helping us get out some over this next uh, six months, a year and a half, get some things put into place for benevolence, for caring, for the hurting, for finances, for various number of things like this, ministry opportunities as we advance that. Uh, looking to have Hans help us here in the local, regional, beyond our walls, uh, development, outreach. Frankly, this stuff just cranks me up. Uh, most ministries, in fact, let's go to the next one that shows our ministry target. Most ministries actually start on the perimeter when they get started. And they start doing all the perimeter stuff of a ministry. And then they, once they think, once we get enough people, then we can come back and get after the core. I'll just say this. We've decided from the very beginning, we're going to be about the core. The core here is Sunday ministry in small groups. And then we're going to uh, bring on some uh, things on the outside to develop those. Because if we don't get the DNA going, the other stuff isn't going to be on target. And so uh, let's go ahead and bring that next one. One of the things we've been working on is connecting events. Um, my left leg and hip is a little bit sore today, I'm embarrassed to say, from duck pin bowling. <laughs> but we're just doing some of these kinds of things here and there to be able to provide opportunities for you as, and us as a church body to get together. Take advantage of them, whether you like that activity, whether it's your thing or not. It's not about whether you like the activity. It's all about an opportunity to be able to get to know some other people. We had a great time. By the way, I'm so grateful for so many in the 40s and up that were there. Rock on. Uh, another, uh, Beyond Our Walls. Uh, Larry's just been, Denise, have been going crazy just getting ready for St. Vincent trip, interviewing people. Uh, he's had just this week conversations with churches, helping churches and looking to get this uh, uh, Haiti uh, information. We'll be letting you know about that real shortly. So looking forward to have Hans be a part of helping in local, regional, and beginning. We're in a walk-before-we-run mindset here and just helping us get some things moving there. So excited about building that out. The last thing, discipleship formation. We've got a women's conference. We've got secret church. We're having parenting conference. We view all of these discipleship kinds of things. We're also going to be communicating to you here shortly about a once-a-month discipleship training and uh, that's going to be going on. So God is at work. Praise God. Let's encourage one.